The 800, the half mile, the two lapper, whatever you call it, most of us can agree that the 800 is probably one of the most exciting races to watch and also one of the most brutal to race. Now, it's not quite a sprint, not quite distance, it takes a really special kind to master this race. And on this week's show, we featured two Canadians who have shown great promise and proficiency in the event in some of the most competitive settings on earth. This is the Terminal Mile at the Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, and this week, we talk with Robert Heppensalt, the multi-time All-American Hamiltonian, and Brandon McBride, the pride of Windsor, and a man who is currently pushing the limits of what is possible in the 800. This is a Tracky Radio production. I think it's safe to say that Brandon McBride can rightfully be called the next big thing in Canadian mid-D. Just a year out of college, the Canadian and two-time NCAA champ will be heading into the World Championships this year, riding two of his best performances of the season. We caught up with him one day after he ran a season's best of 144.41 in Monaco. So, you know, right off the hop, uh, we should talk about yesterday because yesterday was huge for you. Um, I mean, we had a season's best with a with a 144.41 on that really fast track in Monaco. Uh, just before that in Rabat, you had a 145.01. You seem to be moving in an excellent direction heading into World Champs. Uh, tell me, how are you feeling right now? And, and, you know, where do you feel that you're at as far? as things are going um I'm, I'm feeling really good uh as of right now um this year we had some of the longest training blocks that i've ever had in my entire life and uh i think that that's uh really made a difference um with my fitness and everything and i feel overall a lot stronger a lot more experienced and uh in the last month or so uh, six weeks or so um, it was just a matter of me kind of racing myself into, you know, race shape. You know, I was I was fit. Uh, the workouts were going great. It was just a matter of getting used to racing again because I went so long without racing eights. And, I mean, we started off in May a little later than uh, I was used to. And uh, we got into a couple of tactical races, and I didn't really um, start, like, wide-open races, like, non-tactical until uh, much later in the season. So that's what all of these uh, last few races were. It's just getting my legs used to going out, handling a fast pace. And uh, we knew it was just a matter of time um, until my season's best started dropping, and uh, I'm just very thankful uh, that it's dropping at the right time. Um, and it, everything just seems to be coming together pretty, pretty nicely. I'm just very thankful for that. Uh, my coaches, my coach, Chris Carroll has been, uh, extremely patient. Um, and, uh, he's believed in me a lot. So that's, uh, that was, that's, that's always nice to have that type of support. And, uh, I'm just very excited. Um, I mean, in a week or so, in the last week or so, I've dropped um, from 145.20 to 144.40. And I mean, even last night, uh, it the race, I, I, I honestly felt like there was so much more in there. It's just that my legs weren't used to running that fast. And I, it kind of caught up to me in the last 50 or 60 meters or so. But I, you know, I'm just very excited because it's, it almost feels like the season is just beginning. Hmm. Uh, I feel very fresh 
and that's all, always nice because usually around this time of the year, you know, I'm starting to get uh, fatigued mentally and physically. Whereas now, uh, because I haven't raced, uh, some I haven't raced very often, or I haven't raced at all in the spring season or the early spring. Now I have that, uh, you know, I have more left in the tank for the late summer. That was one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I mean, you were, you obviously are very used to to running the NCAA from from you know the past couple of years. You didn't have that this year. So as far as you know, practicing running rounds and stuff, uh, you know how how are you preparing for worlds that way? Um, I mean, I, I guess it just it always starts with the training. I mean, we've always uh, the training hasn't really changed much. Uh, if, if anything, you know, we added. Um, a lot more volume to the training. And I mean, that's, that's really what gets me ready to run rounds. Um, I've always been, um, good at or considered myself decent at running rounds, uh, being able to come back the day after and still have legs and whatnot. Um, I mean, we just kept the volume up. Um, we, you know, we didn't, uh, deviate too much from what we've done in the past. And, um, I mean, we're just, uh, we're very confident and, uh, what's, what's to come. And, uh, I think I'm, I'll be ready to run rounds. Uh, I, I started off at Canadian championships, uh, where I ran two rounds. And I mean, um, coach didn't want me running, uh, for the, uh, the first round. He didn't want me going out there and, and running. Um, he, he, well, he wanted me to put, forth a decent effort in the first round so that my body will know what it's like uh, to have a little bit of fatigue. And I, I think I handled it really well at uh, Canadian Championships. And uh, moving forward, um, I think that I'll be, I will definitely be ready. One of my favorite parts of the Canadian Championships this year was that 800-meter final uh, when you busted through the 400-meter split and about 50-point and uh, just a, just a, a pure show of dominance from, from start to finish. Uh, talking with Robert uh, Heppenstall as well this week, he, he said right off the top, he said, guys, this is going to be, I, I really want a fast race in this one. What were the goals going into that, that final? Um, well... Coach just wanted me to um, open up the first 450 point. Uh, he knew that it would be uh, a, a decent shock to my legs and coming uh, and looking forward or moving forward, I should say. Um, I was going to have to get used to running through the first 450 point, um, you know, getting on the circuit and whatnot, the, these, especially these last two diamond legs. So he, you know, he said that he'd rather, you know, um, me labor a little bit in the finals of a Canadian championships than, you know, me get out on the diamond league circuit. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Whoa, I'm coming through 50 point And it's hmm. a shock to my body. Um, there wasn't a, a particular time goal. Uh, he just wanted me to, um, hit the, the 400, in a, at a certain mark or in a certain time, and then the 600 uh, at a certain time. And then uh, whatever happened, happened. He didn't want to put too much uh, stress on me and too much uh, pressure on me. 
um, obviously the goal was just to make the world championship team and, uh, you know, and really test my, my body at that point. And I think, uh, that's what's gotten me ready to run. And that's the reason why I was able to, um, take, uh, chunks off my seasonal best. We'll, we'll get back to your career and, and your season in just a second. While we're on the topic of Ottawa, though, uh, watching Ottawa this year, there was another McBride there, uh, and that was Will McBride, your uh, your younger brother. He's uh, he's shaping up into be a really fantastic 800-meter runner. Uh, you know, what, what are the plans for him? Um, he's coming back for another year of high school. Um, this uh, This year was actually his first year... Uh, competing full year in a sport in general, not just track and field. Uh, last year, he actually, his training was going well throughout the winter, but he, unfortunately, he got a stress fracture and he missed his spring season. So this year was like his first full year. Um, and he actually shaved, I think it was five to six seconds off his CD in the 800. And I think it was like two, two and a half seconds off his, his 400. I mean, I'm just so proud of him. He's come a long way and there's still so much more potential and uh coach always jokes around that he thinks that uh wills the more talented um mcbride out of the two of us uh and i i definitely do think that in the next the upcoming couple of years he's he, i've seen him put together some crazy workouts for somebody who is technically just his first year and a half of in the sport or whatnot or year in the sport um, he's put together some crazy workouts that suggest that he's able to run much faster than what he has much more in the tank than what he's shown. Um, but I think we're, we're just trying to keep it fun for him. And I think, uh, uh the next year or so, uh, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting to see him develop. You know, you, you mentioned earlier that you have, uh, you know, a little more volume on the legs, uh, a little more, more strength in your training this year. You know, last year too, a certain amount of uh, of you know, uh, you know, people were talking about it when you when you ran some miles and, and you ran some fifteens. Uh, is is that in the cards for this year? Maybe after World Championships to to see where you're at there. Um, I don't. I we we've run some uh, we've run some fifteens this year early season, hmm. um, and we ran a three k indoors. Uh, so that was. That was a <laughs> that was a major shock. That was <laughs> that was different. Um, but I mean, the three k it went it went well for my first three k, and then the in the fifteen hundred, so I I'm right around my personal best. I I think I ran like three forty two flat. My personal best is like three forty one sixty or fifty five or something like that. Um, but moving forward, I think uh, we're just gonna focus on world championships, and then. Um, you know, uh, maybe hit one or two more diamond leagues, um, and then probably call it a season just because, uh, last season, um, the Olympic year with the NCAA season, it was such a a busy season that I, I kind of feel like that, um, you know, I'm still kind of recovering a little bit from that long season. Um, and then we we're just trying to be careful. Um, Next year, it being a down year, I think it's it's at the right time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm planning on uh, moving back home with Coach. Um, so I'll be with Coach full-time. And so that's going to be that's gonna be an adjustment. So, uh, yeah, no, we're just going to 
probably run world championships. Well, we're going to run world championships and then probably run one or two more eights after that. And then that'll be it for my season. Uh, you know, you're a Windsor boy and, and you look at that community and you know, with the university there, a lot of mid distance greats and stuff. Uh, did that have any effect on you growing up? Um, yeah, yeah. Just seeing a, a, a lot of the talented guys come out of Windsor. Um, you know, uh, it, it's an awesome experience to be able to grow up in such a city and then see all the, uh, and be able to look up to a lot of the, the talented distance runners that have come, um, or come through the city and whatnot. Um, you know, as a kid, you know, it's always going to have an influence on you. Um, it's always nice to have, uh, positive role models and, and positive, uh, athletes, um, to look up to and, you know, to watch do their thing, um, and to see them work out. Um, so that definitely did, it definitely had an effect on me. Um, I got to see, you know, them train and everything and how they handled themselves. And, uh, you know, I, I always thought that, Hey, you know, uh, if I was ever that good, you know, that's, that's how I would handle myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, um, it was nice. It was nice growing up in that area. And I, I still love going. I, I loved training at home, uh, just because it's, it's, it's very positive. There's mm-hmm. a lot of kids in the area that love distance running. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, uh, that really has a positive effect on the environment, you know, being around people that love it as opposed to being around people who just do it because they're good at it. You know, it, it's, it's a little different. It, it creates more of a laid back environment, but also an environment where a lot of work gets done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So Monaco last night, uh, world championships coming up very, very shortly. Uh, no doubt you have goals in mind now, uh, and you have a firm plan between now and world championships and for world championships. Uh, you know, maybe shed some light on that. Um, well, uh, we're not going to deviate too far from what we've done in the past. Uh, we, we have our go-to workouts that, uh, we have planned in the next 10 to 12 days or so. And, um, we, me and coach, we kind of sat down we have, uh, we, we have outlined a plan for what we, uh, what we want to do. And, uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we're just going to do what we can. We're just going to focus on. Uh, running our race and not anyone else's race. And I, I, I almost feel like that's, it's weird because I almost feel like that's everyone's plan. You know, mm-hmm. they, they want to run their own race. And I, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like, especially for me, uh, this first year being my, uh, being a professional and everything, you know, I, I kind of, uh, strayed away from what I was, what I was good at, what made me Brandon McBride instead of, you know, someone else. Um, and then that's, that's, that's where I struggled a little bit. You know, I was kind of struggling to find myself. And then now that, you know, we're, we're kind of getting back to what I do best. It's uh it's such a great feeling to see that, you know, Hey, it's, it's working, you know, um, there's a reason why I ran the way I ran in the past, you know? So, uh, yeah, we don't want to change up anything. We're just going to stick to the plan. And, uh, that's, always when I was, uh, but I've been good at and, uh, what's brought me success is, uh, running my own race. So that's what I plan on doing at the world championships. 
the the Canadian record is it is it in the cards for this year? Do you think? Um. Yeah. I mean, that's always uh, the can uh, that Canadian record is a tough one. It's it's a tough one, but it, you know, it's always it's always in the back of my mind, especially when it's when it's so close. Um, my PB is only uh, what, like point three off of it. Um, so it's always, it's always in the back of my mind, but you know, I'm just handling it, uh, one race at a time. And I mean, uh, first things first, I want to approach my PB and then, uh, we'll worry about that, uh, that bridge once we get there. He's Brandon McBride. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming, but man, he is such a big fan of, of what you've been doing and, uh, you know, what you're putting back into the 800 and a lot of people are noticing it as well. Uh, big congratulations on the season's best. And, and I know it's not, uh, not the end for you, uh, this season for sure. Thanks a lot for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Thank you. I really appreciate the words. At this point, the Steel City has a pretty good record of popping out some really great mid-D guys, with Robert Heppensall leading the latest charge. Multiple-time All-American, Heppenstall took second this year at the Canadian Champs, beating a huge portion of a very decorated field. We chatted with Robert earlier this week. All right, so let, let me take you back just a little bit. Uh, Canadian Championships a couple weeks ago uh, was watching that men's 800 final, and uh, I was watching you come down the track... Brandon McBride, he split about 50 uh, going through that first 400. And I was thinking, oh, no, that's that's way too fast for a lot of these guys. But a couple seconds back, you know, maybe maybe a second two or two back, there you were. You split just a little bit slower through 400. And that, to me, really struck me because it was really, really patient and really, really smart racing. Is that something that you've kind of picked up in the last couple of years, or is that something that's always been there? Yeah, so... Um Ironically enough, uh, in high school, I used to go out really fast. I used to go out in about 51 high, 52 flat, and then just completely die last 400. Uh, I think that was more so from nerves, but just from like being in the NCAA and experiencing like rounds, like four rounds in the NCAA outdoor um, to get to the final, ACC's finals, heats, heats finals, um, just just doing all those racing like racing experiences and being in different positions like leading a race and being in the from all the way being in the very back of the race um just kind of knowing where to be and especially one thing that um i always look for kind of like uh, what football players do is like i'll kind of like watch a game film kind of thing like i'll i'll know what my competitors do and like i know like usually when they strike and i analyze when they start to like turn their legs over in certain parts of the race so um, that kind of goes a lot into um, those tactically t- tactically sound races, um, and it's not just kind of well. It is natural instinct at the, as much as it is uh, knowing your opponents too, and knowing um, even just watching like people warm up and like how they how nervous they look for a race, and kind of just kind of playing mind games um, in the eight hundred. So. Uh, definitely, definitely the NCAA is one of the biggest keys to that. That's kind of helped me, um, just have that race experience and just learn from each race. So definitely that. I like that you mentioned the, the whole psychology of the race and, and the head games and that sort of stuff. I was listening to, uh, an interview with Nick Simmons, uh, just the other day actually. And he was talking about how important that is in the 800, uh, you know, to have, you know, 
good, solid, sound psychology and, and to be in the right headspace and, and to take care of that. How do you prepare mentally uh, to get into that space to race? Um, well, it, it's just one of those things where, like, negative thoughts are going to creep in your head um, in your warm-up, days before the race, even, like, 10 minutes before the race. But um, one of the things that I think I've developed, like, I used to be very nervous. If you look at any races, like, in high school or even, like, the first year, I'm just, like, pacing on the line. I'm really nervous. But when you what I what I've started recently doing is before I stop on the line on a on a race or like as I'm warming up, I pretty much think of all the training I've done and all the months that I've gone into like what I'm about to do and um kind of what I, I kind of give myself a break and saying like no matter what happens in this race, I can always say that I, I worked really hard to get to this point. So there's really no downfall. Like the worst that's gonna happen is I blow up and I I have a bad race, but then I can prepare it for the next race because that's what I'm going to do. Like, regardless, I'm going to be working hard. And like, I guess you, you can kind of calm yourself down by realizing that no matter what you you've done the work and all the pretty much like the saying, the haze in the barn. So, um, preparing for a race, I just really try to stay calm and relaxed. And, uh, I even joke around with some of my competitors and just keep like, keep the mood light is what I always, that's kind of the name of the game for me because, as much as I do obviously care about performance and uh, eating good and all these things, um, the mental part it, it is something that I know a lot of athletes struggle with. And it's just it's just as important, if not more important, than the than the physical aspect. And that's kind of what I've been like trying to work on for the past couple of years, especially in the NCAA, just trying to trying to stay relaxed, even when you're in the race, even when you're four or 500 meters in just saying, okay, like we have about 40 seconds left, 40 to 50 seconds left of work, but like, just, just be really smart about it and don't go too crazy and just try to stay relaxed for as long as you can. So I, I've been lucky enough that, uh, you know, I have been able to watch you through, you know, the, the London distance series meets, I was able to watch you there when, when you were in high school and you were doing great there. But what's really struck me is that you've, you know, gradually and, and almost consistently improved over the last couple of years. What would you say that, what would you attribute that to? Like, where are you finding the most gains and, and, you know, shaving those bits of seconds off? Um, so that's actually funny you mentioned that I've just, I've always noticed that a lot of people, like, I, I'm more of, like, I always kind of see myself as, like, a linear progression, so I always kind of just chip away at my PRs rather than, like, busting out a big time, which is which is kind of bittersweet in a sense because, like, you work really hard just to, like, take a, a couple tenths off a set, t- couple tenths off, and I always see these people PRing by, like, a second or two in the 800, and I'm always like, damn, like, I, I kind of wish I, I could do that, but... <laughs> Um, one of the things that I've done over the years, even all the way up um, from as early as grade nine and ten, is just being consistent and just really, really focusing on consistency. Because anybody can go out and like do a, have a really good week or even a good month of training, but it's 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 really the training like seven months before, like what you've did, what you done, what you did seven months ago, six months ago. Like if you're eating well consistently, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to work really hard today, but tomorrow I'm not going to work hard. It's one of those things where if you can be consistent every single day and just um, make sure you're doing all the right things every day, 
Uh, I believe that ev everybody can have that linear progression upwards if they just keep doing the right things because of the way like your body develops and things like that. But I would just say, if for my for my personal uh, development, I would just say consistency and just getting in a routine and doing the same things every day, um, but always trying to push yourself a little bit, like a little bit faster, but um, push yourself to a limit that that you're comfortable with in a sense, like not burning yourself out earlier in the season or um, doing silly things like that. Like I know a lot of athletes will run fast in April, run fast in March. And I've always tried to just stay, say to myself, like, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing um, throughout the months. And uh, the times will come. Like if they, if I PR by a 10th or if I PR by a second, as long as I'm kind of moving forward, that's just kind of the goal um, every season. You posted something on Facebook a little bit earlier this week, uh, you know, kind of as a, as a season wrap up sort of thing, how you're bummed to uh, miss your goal of making it to world championships. But uh, overall, you know, you're pretty grateful to be in this in the position that you're in. Uh, I thought that was, uh, you know, a, a neat perspective, uh, a very mature sort of perspective. Tell me, you know, how do you how do you take missing those goals? Like, how do you unpack that, you know, break, break it down and, and maybe move on from that? Yeah, so uh, early in the early in the year, like even after, um, like after World Juniors last year, I told myself, okay, my goal is to make the World Championships next year, and I said I'm gonna do everything I can for the next year, um, and prepare in preparation for the World Championships. And I went through a uh, base phase, and I was getting really strong with mileage. I I um, increased my mileage to about fifty to fifty five miles a week um, from relatively like nothing like 30 miles a week if that um so i w worked on my aerobic system uh did all the did everything i needed to do worked on the speed and all that so um even on the even on the indoor track like i ran 146.7 indoors and i said okay like 145.9 like i got in the bag like uh, i'm only going up from here because i'm just going to keep continuing to grow and keep continuing to get stronger um Early in the outdoor season, I was struggling a little bit. Um, it could have been because I was still in a heavy training phase and a heavy training block. Um, and it could have just been like I wasn't ready to race, but I wasn't running the times that I really wanted to. And I was talking to my coach, and he just told me, like, just wait. Like, your PRs will come. Like, you'll start running fast soon. And I think that's another – other than consistency, I would say patience is another thing that I've, I've really learned. So – um, he was telling me just like be patient. Um, y y it'll come, it'll come, and I just took it race by race. And the NCAA's like once when the NCAA season hits, uh, I really focused on just getting through the rounds. So if I could run one fifty five, that's as long as I qualified, that didn't matter to me. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where, like I said before, I every single day I I can take pride in knowing that I worked really hard every day, like on and off the track to attain my goals and even though by the end of the season I was so close um, to getting that world championship standard it's it's almost humbling in a sense to know that making a world championship team is not a walk in the park and it's that and an Olympic team it's it's one of the most honorable things and like one of the most the like one of the like the most proud you can be um, in in that situation and I like what I said in that post. I was saying like I looked back and saying like damn like I wish I got it, but I was just looking at the time and looking at the time that I needed, 
And I told myself, like, I'm grateful to just be even, like, even be in this position and grateful to even be considered this as one of my goals because I look at some other runners that are my friends and their goals are, like, make a, make a conference final, make, a, make, make NCAA regionals, um, like, people on my team and people who I've known throughout the years. And uh, having, being able to have big goals is a privilege and being able to have those big goals um, and those big dreams, it, it, it's it's you got to be grateful that you you're it's even plausible that you can attain them. So I think that was that that was one of the most humbling things was kind of being really close and having that little bit of adversity, which um, I think is a good thing for me moving forward. Um, going into next year as being a Commonwealth year, um, uh, what people refer to as a down year, I think it's really good for me to kind of. Sip, like step back and look at how my season progressed and look at where I'm going um, in the future of track. So I think it's really good for me to just um, just reflect and look at like what I did right, what I did wrong, and move on from there. So last year on the show, we had Anthony Romanu, uh, Olympian, current 800 meter runner. Uh, you know, he, he's been around for a while, but he mentioned one of the guys to to watch for in the future was yourself now you guys actually go back quite a ways maybe you want to uh you know explain the relationship between you and anthony romanu and and how it's really helped you out so it's actually it's actually a really funny story i tell people this a lot um so anthony romanu and i we live about a mile and a half away from each other maybe like that's tops mile and a half away from each other uh we went to the same high school uh he graduated high school then I think the next year, the year after that, I went into grade nine. So we were never in the same high school together, but we went to the same high school. And um, he, I first met him when his dad was coaching me in grade nine. And his dad was coaching us in grade nine. He said, "My son's coming. My son's coming to uh, the track." And I was like, "Oh, cool!" Like I, I heard all the, like things about him, and I was like, kind of actually starstruck in a sense. And I was just like, "Oh, wow!" Like. He's in a he's a university athlete. Like I was just really excited to meet him, and he we did a workout. We did like a workout together, and I, I, I just really like he was just pacing the workout, just kind of helping out, coming around, and I was like really like, I was adamant to like get up there and try to run with him, and like obviously at that age I was not able to hang out hang with him in some of the workouts, but um, it was really cool when he did that, and then. Couple years later, I, I I saw him before I was looking to go to university, and he get, he actually gave me his SAT book and helped me like with the SATs and like the procedures and things like that. And he was kind of a mentor for me, um, probably grade eleven and on onward. And I've always kept in touch, um, grade eleven, grade twelve, and then we um, when I when I came back from university last year. He was just asking if he if he wanted to train and like catch up and things like that and um, do and just kind of like hang out and be and like off off the track and on the track and things like that and I was like yeah like that's awesome like he he was in a good system at uh, Guelph and Speed River and he just he just wanted to kind of mentor me and I still think he's my mentor I look up to him in a lot of aspects and I learn a lot from him. And when we went to D.C. together, that was kind of like our first big like trip, kind of like going for the same thing. And it was it was really cool to really to, to bond with the guy that did. he's had his ups and downs and just kind of learning from uh, just learning from what he has to say from his experiences. 
And it's really cool because uh, coach who coached me in high school, Philip Steele, um, he also coached Anthony and a bunch of guys from our high school. And it's it's actually it's really interesting how um, the development of like how we got coached when we were a kid when we were in grade nine ten like we got coached very similar, um, obviously because of the same coach. So um, and it's really interesting how we developed into eight hundred meter guys from the same high school potentially um, going to the same world championships or Olympics one day. And it, it's it's really cool. And like Anthony is one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. And um, I still continue to look up to him um, on and off the track. So uh, I would say our relationship is is pretty tight right now. I mentioned uh, Brandon Brandon McBride right off the top, and uh, you know, right now he's just you know lighting the track up. <clears throat> and uh, you know, what's it like having having a guy like that uh, who you know that you will be racing against at least once a year, maybe twice a year? You know, what what's it what's it like as far as you know setting goals and stuff? Is is that something that's always in your mind? Yeah, well, um, Brandon, Brandon's uh, a great guy, obviously, and I also look up to him. So him and Anthony are two of the guys that I've looked up to. Like um, when I was in high school, I was always following NCAA's, like just watching how Brandon's doing, rooting for Brandon. Like I was always like um, comparing his um, progressions to my progressions and things like that and I even to this day I think like what was Brandon doing when I when he was my age and obviously he was doing unbelievable things he's two-time NCAA champion Canadian world junior record holder and um having a guy like Brandon in racing like and he's he's I'm like watching him in the Olympics and watching him in diamond leagues like I still take notes from what he does because He's he he runs with guts. You can you you can tell by the way he runs. He he he's not afraid to lead. He's not afraid to do anything in races. And I think um, just having a guy like that uh, represent Canada at the Olympics just really helps progress the Canadian athletics in general. Like as well as DeGrasse is doing and Melissa Bishop and how they're really um, kind of turning heads uh, worldwide. I think Brandon's right up there with those guys like he had like the top 10 I think it was top 10 top 12 time in the world last year with 143.95 and I think what he's doing on the track is just unbelievable for developing just Canadian athletics in general and I think he he might not realize what he's doing like all those good things that he's doing but he probably just sees the number that he's he's like the times that he's running but um just having that like good Canadian good Canadian guy like just running running against the best like um it's unbelievable so when i step on the line against him i i treat him like he's um also a fellow canadian but as well as i, I respect him as a world-class athlete so i uh, i i really i can really say that i'm really honored to like race brandon whenever i can you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier, you're in the NCAA system, you go to Wake Forest, uh, you know, multiple time uh, All-American. Talk to me about the NCAA system. Do you do you think that it actually gives you, uh, you know, a bit of an advantage and stuff? Because, you know, you run a lot of rounds and stuff in the NCAA, which is not something that I think a lot of middle distance runners get to do during the regular season. Yeah, so... I've there there has been the age old question like NCAA versus obviously CIS. Um I've heard a couple things like here and like on tracking and things like that. I've like heard people's different experiences, but um from my own personal experience, the one thing that is good about the NCAA, obviously um 
the progression of it. So you have your you kind of ex like you like your regular races. So like, well, I have like Virginia Challenge and like Florida Relays and things like that. Um, before like the conference and then the NCAA season really gets going, one of the advantages of the NCAA is the amount of quality races. I would say so. No matter like the in this year, I've raced um, a lot of the same guys like Arroyo, Andreas Arroyo, Isaiah Harris. Uh, I've raced Career a couple times, like. Guys like that, every single race that was pretty much in other than maybe the heats um, was a quality one. And that's one of the things that is really hard to do other, if, unless you're in the Diamond League. It's really hard to get those quality races where you're not the fastest guy. Like I, I, I remember being sixth or seventh fastest guy in my, in my race. Like it wasn't even the heat. Like it wasn't even like NCAAs. It would be like Florida Relays. And I was like one of the slowest guys like being already being a two-time all-american like the the quality of races in the NCAA really prepares you for that next step going forward um whether it be going pro or just even post collegiate racing any kind any sort of that so um i would say that obviously the resources in the NCAA are great like the like universities like Wake Forest obviously they have a lot of good resources um like you get like anything Nike you want pretty much for the most part you have good resources to uh, physicians and like trainers and doctors and things like that so uh the NCAA is it, it it is I think people see it as just college but it like there are some world-class athletes like there are like Christian like you got the Christian Coleman's the Diamond Braziers like though those people are like some of the top people in the world as even right now like and I think the NCAA is just sometimes they get credited of just being collegiate, but it is you have like the best collegians, if not the best athletes in the world, all all in one meet, like, and it's not even a professional race. So I think the one thing about the NCAA is it exposes you to that that next level early on, um, which is something that is really hard to do in any other collegiate system or any other um, system uh, as far as that goes. So. The, the definitely the depth of competition is something that is very sometimes sometimes it gets overlooked by a lot of um a, a lot of people so you're an 800 guy through and through i'd say but uh, i did look up some of your other pbs uh it's a 48 low in the 400 uh 413 in the mile which which way do you think that you're wired i mean which way do you think that you would do better in that and say you know the faster sprint side or in you know the more middle distance stuff yeah so coming from high school like i was a 48 mid guy um and then like i think last year i ran 47 nine something so definitely even after developing that speed at such such a young age like i realize i'm not a speedy guy i realize i'm not i can't split a 45 like every other guy i've ever raced in the 800 but the one thing that um, I've talked to my coach about and like going forward is like I definitely will eventually become that 1500, 815 type. Like I ran this year, my, my only 1500 I really ran um, in the past four or five years was like I ran 343 at a small meet in Charlotte. And like the 1500 just felt very good. Um, it just it, like the stride, how, how the play, the race plays out and like um the kind of the tactics of the race i think it more it, it suits me more um just just from experiencing it and like 
usually after an 800, I'm pretty spent no matter what. But after the 1500 that I ran, um, it, 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 it was a different kind of pain and fatigue that in all honesty is, is like I said, better suited for the way I race and how I approach racing and, th and, and, and things like that. So I think, um, I'm definitely more of the 815 side and, but that's not to say that I'm going to like stray away from the speed side because I believe that, um, having that quick turnover in speed is deadly, especially in slow races. Um, but I think moving forward, I will definitely be looking towards focusing on my 1500 and trying to get down to like sub 340, sub 330, even like as low as sub 338 um, coming in the next couple of years because it's, it's just the way that even in workouts, like the 1500 meter pace, like the 43, 44 second 300s, the 58, 59 second quarters, uh, just they, they just click better with my body rather than like the... 52, 53 second, uh, 400s and the 38, 39, 300. So I think just doing, just getting that more volume, like that volume in my legs and really focusing on that aerobic system that I have, I think, um, the 1500 will definitely be, be my race in the next, in the years to come. So as mentioned, uh, you are shutting down the season right now. Well, what's next? I mean, nothing till indoors again or. Yeah. So I, um, I, my coach is actually in Kenya right now, my uh, university coach, so I haven't talked to him much. Um, but, yeah, I, sh I shot my season down. I was debating on doing FISU um, earlier in the year, and even, like, as as late as the end of Canadian Champs. But um, it, it the, the, the meet FISU is it's it's really late in my season, and it would be one of those things where I would just be kind of itching to get on a Canadian team, but... Um, I talked to my coach and I think the long-term goals definitely outweigh what I would try to do short-term. Um, even though I believe that I, I believe I could do well at FISU, um, I think that for my development, it's better for me to kind of take next year as a developmental year and really focus on, like I said, the 1500 and transition um, all my, my 800, like what I've worked for in the 800 and kind of transition that to the 1500 and I, I, I as next year is more of a down year with um commonwealth being in the march or in march and april and uh they're not really being much next summer i think it's a great opportunity to develop um that 1500 like that 1500 and try to get some good prs um and that's not to say that i'm going to stray away from the eight because i do believe that um that working on the 1500 will help my 800 but um i think the like what's next to come is just really heavy training blocks and um trying to try and get those good prs like trying to like i think i think my racing strategies are are pretty locked down but i need to work on those um those races where i need to run fast and where people run fast and uh race the clock rather than race the bodies and i think that's what i'm gonna really focus on next year so um but like i said the key to the key for me is just consistency. So, um, indoor NCAA's, outdoor NCAA's was fifth and fourth. So, um, my goal is to just keep that or uh, keep progressing forward and try to come top four, top three next year, and uh, really work to just keep moving forward and try to attain those small little goals. Well, it should be a, a lot of fun to watch. Um, you, you've got to be probably one of my favorite racers to watch, just because there's. There's there's something going on up up there in the head that uh, that 
really it makes it for a very pleasing race to watch. He's an All-American. He's uh, He came second place at the Canadian Championships in the 800 this year. And uh, thanks a lot for, for being on the show this week, man. Definitely appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, I had a great time and um, I appreciate uh, having your time. That wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, both Robert Heppenstall and Brandon McBride. Also to Tracky for their ongoing support and to you for listening. If you want to find us online, you can do so at the Terminal Mile on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, tracky.ca. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. <laughs>